Hello everyone, welcome back to the Conscious Beauty Podcast. I'm your host, Mary Vallarta, and this is where we talk about all things that can help us live and age with health and beauty. If you are a returning listener, so happy you're here. Thank you so much for joining me again. And if you are a new listener, welcome. Happy to have you. Today, we are going to talk to Brittany Lilligard about breathwork. We're going to be speaking with her about what breath work is, why it's beneficial, how it's beneficial, and of course, how breath work can help us all prolong our youthfulness, our longevity, our strength, our health, basically everything that helps us live life to our fullest capacity for as long as possible because that is the whole point of this podcast, right? So let me first tell you a little bit about Brittany. She is a certified Wim Hof instructor, yoga teacher, and microdosing coach. For those of you who don't know, the Wim Hof method is a form of a breathwork practice, and we'll go into that in the conversation with Brittany. She lives full-time in her van with her dog, Polly, and travels around the U.S. offering workshops and retreats that infuse all of her passions movement, breath work, cold exposure, microdosing, and nature immersion. This is why I wanted to talk to Brittany because I wanted to really understand how she fuses all these things together to create powerful healing modalities and also just practical ways to extend or optimize living right? She uses breath work. She uses microdosing, so plant medicine together to really help people, again, optimize their health. We chat about how breath work actually does slow down the effects of aging from an Ayurvedic perspective and also from a scientific perspective when you look at our cellular health. We Gosh, we go into so many things that I really am excited for you guys to learn about because breathwork is so beneficial yet so accessible to everyone in the world. And you can reap the benefits so quickly. It's perfect for those of you who really want to see that instant gratification. Breathwork is it. So rather than me tell you everything that we talked about, why don't we just get into the conversation? So here is my talk with Brittany Lilligard. Hey, it's Mary. Part of Aging Beautifully is having rituals that care for your whole health from the inside out. That's why I created Conscious Beauty Rituals, which is my personal line of natural and organic oils, herbal teas, gua sha's, and other self-care tools that I personally use to maintain my health and beauty from the inside out. Everything on Conscious Beauty Rituals has been formulated or selected by me to ensure the highest quality standards when it comes to clean, effective, natural, and non-toxic products. Visit ConsciousBeautyRituals.com to start your own Conscious Beauty practice. Listeners get an exclusive 10% off their first purchase by using the code CONSCIOUS. Again, that's ConsciousBeautyRituals.com and use code CONSCIOUS to get 10% off your first purchase. Now let's get back to our conversation. So Brittany, thank you so much for joining us on the Conscious Beauty Podcast. I'm so excited to just dive right in with all these questions that I have prepared for you. Yeah, Um, thank you for having me. Of course. So first off, can you take a moment to describe your work and how you got to doing it? Because I'm quite fascinated with 
the integration or the intersections that you're you're doing with medicine work, plant medicine, and breath work? Yeah, well, I think um, like most people in the wellness space, um, my journey has been out of personal uh, experience. Um, so about 10 years ago, a little over 10 years ago, uh, I was living in Chicago in a very urban lifestyle, a very uh, go, go, go lifestyle. Um, and it basically led me to be incredibly burnt out and depressed. I didn't realize it at the time, especially when you're in um, such a thick fog. It can be really challenging um, to understand that life can exist differently than that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I started having panic attacks. Um, and I was in the health and wellness space at the time. Um, I was a personal trainer. I was teaching people how to use their breath. Uh, at that point, it was mostly performance-based, um, teaching them how to use their breath to get stronger and move better. But when I started having these panic attacks, um, it really piqued my interest because one of the characteristics of a panic attack is that you feel like you can't breathe. Mm. Um, and it really feels like death. Our breath is really... Um, what our body considers the most important nutrient uh, for our life. So, sorry, um, Brittany, I, are you yeah. hearing that scratch too? Like that? Maybe that's me. Let me um do something with my connection real quick. Apologies for the interruption, but you were talking about how you were getting these panic attacks or anxiety attacks. Uh, yeah, is that a good place to just jump? jump right back in yeah let's jump back great um yeah so um I was really burnt out really depressed and I started getting um really intense panic attacks and one of the big characteristics of panic attacks is that it feels like you can't breathe um and so that really piqued my interest I really wanted to know more about why my breath was being taken away from me how I could prevent it in the future because it's quite a frightening and debilitating um feeling So that really started my journey on learning more about my breath. Mm -hmm. Uh, And one of the things that really fell into place for me a few months after my first panic attack um, was that it really was my breath trying to deliver me a message. And that message was something in my environment just wasn't existing in a healthy space for me. My breath was basically responding to my environment and saying, you don't belong here. Please change something so that you can make yourself healthier. Mm-hmm. Um, so shortly thereafter, I actually sold everything I owned and I started backpacking around the world. I started learning more about my breath. Um, I got my yoga teacher training and also along that journey, um, I also started re-exploring, uh, plant medicine for healing. Mm-hmm. Um, even though I was starting to develop a better relationship with my breath and I was seeing all of these positive benefits from it. I still had all of these lingering patterns from spending so much time of my life in a high anxiety, burnt out, depressed um, state. Um, And then plant medicine was really the thing that uh, really helped me rewrite a lot of those patterns in my relationship to um, how I showed up in this world. And the two of those together have really... um, yeah, they've really been the reason why my mental health the last few years has been in such a positive place. And I am able to operate in this world uh, in a much healthier way than I was before. 
Mm, beautiful. Um, question for you about that. How did you know to go towards the direction of plant medicine and to yoga and to travel? Yeah, so this is a great question. And um, really, um, some of it was a lot of external influence and just having people say things to me that were so clear that I knew, but I just needed someone to say it in my face. So mm -hmm. um, one of those people happens to be Dr. Perry Nicholson. He's uh, one of my teachers, really, really brilliant um, educator. He understands the body very well. And I had been at a fitness conference um, and he had made a comment. And that comment was, you can't get better in the same environment you got sick in. Mm, very smart. <laughs> Right. It makes total sense. It's so obvious. Um, you know, it's akin to the phrase that we hear. Um, if you keep doing the same thing, you'll get the same results. Right. Uh, if you're not feeling well and you're not changing anything about your environment, you'll get the same results. So that was a big trigger for me that um, in addition to my breath, maybe sending me messages that I didn't quite understand yet. Um, I wanted to feel better. Mm -hmm. um, so maybe I needed to change my environment. Um, the way I changed my environment was very drastic. Um, not everyone needs to sell all of their belongings and backpack around the world to um, heal or find themselves. But one of the things that triggered that particular um, move for me is I'd been hosting couch surfers. Um, and I remember I had um, this couch surfer, this Italian guy, uh, he stayed with me for about a week and he was on sabbatical traveling the world for a year. And I remember saying to him, I wish I could do that. Mm -hmm. And his response to me was, why can't you? And it was such a punch to the face because it literally was like, why, why can't I? Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was a couple of things set in motion all at once, a combination of the panic attacks and having some external influences, literally just asking me to reevaluate my environment. Mm-hmm. Got it. Were the panic attacks something new for you when you started experiencing them in that part of your life? Or was that something that occurred when you were a child? At the time, it was something totally new. Mm -hmm. um, I have since had moments where they have revisited me. Mm -hmm. um, one thing that I've really learned and value about plant medicine and uh, my panic attacks is uh, Panic attacks are an altered state. People don't realize this, but it really is an altered state of consciousness. Um, oftentimes you dissociate from your body. Um, you feel like you're in a different dimension. The world either expands or gets really small or maybe both all at once. You lose your breath. It feels like you're dying. Um, and it is a form of altered state of consciousness. And that is what plant medicine gives us. And it gives us, especially if we do it with the right set and setting in mind, it gives us the ability to explore those states of consciousness in a safe container. Mm. So that both states of consciousness are handed to us, we better have the tools to deal with them um, when they show up and we're not choosing them. Wow, that's amazing. I never thought of panic attacks as like another altered state of experiencing the, the world or the universe, you know, quite... Mm -hmm. That's, that's a quite new way for me to understand it. But that 
puts us in a great segue to start talking about breath work and plant medicine a lot more specifically. So can you go into what breath work is? Because obviously we all know what breathing is, but what is, what is breath work specifically and how it is that, you know, healthy for all of us to partake in on a consistent basis? Yeah. So this is really cool because when I tell people I teach breathing, um, oftentimes the reaction is like you make a living teaching people how to breathe that's something they are born doing um but the difference between breath work and breathing is that breath work is an intentional manipulation of the breath mm-hmm. so one of the really cool things that we've developed is our body um automatically controls a lot of functions that are required for us to live mm-hmm. so that includes our heart rate um, that's the main one. It includes your breathing most of the time, but what's cool about your breathing versus your heart rate is I can't tell my brain to change my heart rate. My brain's going to do what it wants to do. Mm-hmm. What I can do is I can change my breathing pattern intentionally, which is breath work. And that's going to send signals up to my brain. My brain's going to interpret them. And then my brain's going to send information back to the rest of my body based off of the signals it learns. So I sort of view our breath as the remote control of our nervous system. Mm -hmm. And when we understand some basic things about it, we can actually choose breath work patterns that put us in a state that we want to achieve. Mm. The other thing alongside this, and this is this is pretty oversimplified, um, but another thing that's really cool about our breath is that every breathing pattern is associated with an emotion, or every emotion is associated with a breathing pattern. Wow, you're right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's really cool, and we don't think about it, but if I were to show you 10 very short clips of someone breathing and you could only see their nose and mouth, you could not see their eyes. Mm-hmm. Most people are going to be able to clearly identify what emotion that person is experiencing just by how they're breathing. Right. So if we think about sadness, oftentimes we get this choky, gaspy. <laughs> yes. And if we think about excitement, it might be gaspy, but the pitch is a little bit different and it's a, it's in a different part of our body. It's <laughs> Um, and we are able to determine a lot about how someone else is walking through the world by how they're breathing. Mm. We're also able to interpret how we're walking through the world by how we're breathing. So usually this happens from a top-down approach. Something in your environment happens, your brain says, this is what this thing is, and then it outputs a type of breath based off of that emotion, how safe you feel. But with breath work, we can actually stop that in its tracks. We can choose a different breath work pattern that might have a different type of emotion or feeling associated with it. And we can start to tell our brain, actually, I feel differently about my environment than you think I feel. Mm -hmm. So we can literally start to rewrite the way our brain interprets our environment, which is basically rewriting patterns and habits um, and re-educating your brain on how you want to view the world. Mm. So I think um, a super quick example of this, I teach the Wim Hof method. Mm-hmm. And one part of the Wim Hof method is cold exposures, ice baths. Yes. 
So when people get in an ice bath, the first thing that the majority of them will do is they gasp and they hold their breath. They go, <gasps> and their brain perceives that as danger. Right. But if I can intersect that, and if I can get that person to slow down their breath, to catch their breath, to find it, and then to lengthen their exhale, and our exhale is associated with our body's safety or rest and digest system, if I can get them to catch their breath and then control it, you actually start to tell your brain that the ice bath isn't dangerous anymore because your breath is responding in a very calm way. You do that often enough and your brain actually stops registering an ice bath is really heavy stress. Right. It sounds like your breath is sort of, or your breath patterns, breathing patterns are sort of like your line of code, you know, where you can kind of hijack the current line of code that your brain is, you know, currently executing with another line of code that you actually want, that you, that you consciously want. And now I understand why in Ayurveda, you know, your breath is like your life force, your, your prana. And it truly is based on how you're describing everything to me right now. Yeah, I really like that analogy, actually. I usually, I usually use um, a remote control, like your breath is the remote control of your nervous mm -hmm. system. If you change your breath, you can change the channel. But I really like that, that line of code because it, it's more than just changing the channel. It's rewriting how your brain responds to your environment. Yeah, it's so powerful. So you talked about the Wim Hof method. Um, that's a form of breath work or a type of breath work. What are other types of breath work um, that are out there or at least the ones that you work with? Yeah, so this question gets really um, convoluted and overwhelming for most people who are wanting to get into breath work. Mm -hmm. Breath work can be as simple as manipulating a singular breath. So if I ask you to inhale for a count of four and exhale for a count of eight, you've just done breath work. It doesn't mm. have to get any more extensive than that. Okay. Um, with that being said, there are, similar to yoga, there are lots of different styles of breath work, as well as modalities that combine breath work with other things mm -hmm. to achieve certain states. Um, okay. So Wim Hof is one of the most well-known ones. Um, the particular breath work pattern in the Wim Hof method is a series of, um, and this sounds more intense than what it actually uh, is, but it's a combination of controlled hyperventilation and breath holds. Mm. Um, but then there's also something called holotropic breath work, um, which is a more uh, intense version of con uh, controlled hyperventilation. But that's also done alongside really intense shamanic-like music usually. Um, there are no breath holds. And the end goal is to induce a, a controlled psychedelic state or altered state of consciousness. Mm. Um, but then there's also uh, pranayama, which a lot of people are probably the most familiar with. And pranayama is the practice within yoga of manipulating and controlling and harnessing your prana or your life force or your breath. Mm -hmm. um, so there's 
many, many, many different types of breathwork that people will come across. Um, I've seen new breathwork methods popping up that combine breathwork and ecstatic dance, which is lovely. It's a great combination. Mm. Um, I've seen um, breathwork popping up that's combined with um, artistic expression or music. But really, at its essence, it's just if you are controlling a singular breath, you're doing breath work. Love it. So I could be doing breath work by elongating my exhalation right now. So pretty cool. It, it's a very accessible form of therapy that everyone can, you know, partake in. Um, you mentioned earlier that elongated exhales are associated with the rust and digest state of the nervous system. So can you talk about that? How does breath work impact the nervous system? Yeah, so this is where things get really fun because this is where if you start to understand some principles of breath work rather than um, trying to just try a technique and see how it feels or um, searching for a specific method, mm -hmm you understand the principles that's when you can start to really use your own breath no matter where you are for whatever purpose you want mm -hmm. so our nervous system and this is again a slightly oversimplified view but we can sort of view it um existing in two different states okay. and the first one is the rest and digest or the parasympathetic nervous system this is the part of our nervous system that's responsible for helping us feel calm, for slowing our heart rate, um, for letting our bodies know that we're safe enough to digest our food. Um, and then the opposite of that is your fight or flight response or your sympathetic nervous system. Mm -hmm. And that is your higher excitement state. I don't want to use high stress because I feel like people associate stress with this negative word. And the sympathetic nervous system is by no means bad. It serves us really well in a lot of situations, but it's a higher excitement state. Your heart beats a little bit faster. Your pupils dilate. You might get a little bit warmer because your circulation is prepping your body for additional movements. And our inhale sort of stimulates the sympathetic nervous system, the excited one. Okay. The exhale stimulates our rest and digest. So what's really cool is we oftentimes falsely believe that we exist in one state or the other, but actually we're sort of modulating back and forth between those two states mm -hmm. at all times, every breath. Every time I inhale, my sympathetic nervous system gets a little bit more active. And every time I exhale, my parasympathetic gets a little bit more active. Mm -hmm. So every single breath, we're jumping back and forth between those two slightly. Wow, I never thought of it that way. Okay. Yeah, so if that. we knew this, and I want to be higher energy or higher excitement, I can focus on my inhalation, mm -hmm. and that's going to continue to press that sympathetic state a little bit more than the parasympathetic, and it's going to prep my body for higher excitement type of activities. So mm -hmm. if I was an athlete, um, if I wanted to work myself up um, because I was about to go bungee jumping and I wanted to get excited about it and not freeze, I might do some breath work that focuses on my inhale. Mm -hmm. So we can actually go ahead, if that's okay, we can try yes. a little technique. Let's try it. Cool. So I like to call this one um, the coffee shop 
coffee shot of the breath world. Mm -hmm. And it's very simple. It's three quick inhales followed by an exhale. So it's going to sound something like this. So hopefully everyone could hear that a little bit. And you don't need to do it for more than a minute. Um, I will caution people every now and then you might feel a little dizzy with this one. So it is best to do it um, seated or lying down. If you start to feel dizzy, just stop it immediately. But um, we will give it a shot. We'll do four rounds of this together. So whoever is listening and wants to join in, we'll take an inhale, exhale to prepare. And then we'll do in, 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 out four times. Okay, let's cool. do it. If you're driving, don't do this. Yes, exactly. Please be safe. Um, or if you're in the bathtub, don't do this either. It's also a very important caveat. But Okay. So we'll take one full round of breath to prepare, inhaling deeply and exhaling softly. And then we'll breathe in, 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 out, in, 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 out, in, 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 out, in, 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 out. Yeah, I'm just curious if you have so, any words to describe how that felt for you. Yes, I felt warmth in this area of my head and here as well. Yeah. Is that normal with doing yeah, that? It's absolutely. Okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. And that's, that's a really interesting um, word to describe that because when we're in a higher excitement state, our blood should be, our heart rate, goes faster, our blood is circulating faster. So our body does generally increase in temperature a little bit. Um, so the fact that you are feeling warmth from that is a good signal that we were stimulating your body's sympathetic nervous system. Nice. And now my whole body feels warmer too. Yeah. It happened in a matter of seconds. Yeah. Which is really like the, the magical, cool thing about breath work. Um, it literally sends immediate signals to your brain and your brain responds basically instantaneously and then starts telling the rest of your body to adjust. Right. See, so for those of you who like quick gratification, breath work is really great. <laughs> exactly. Yes. So, okay. So this, this is the type of breath work that one can do if they want to, let's just say, increase focus or increase energy. This is great for like those mid-afternoons when a lot of people tend to like need their third or second cup of coffee. So instead of reaching for that caffeine, you can do this breath work sequence. Yeah, exactly. 100%. Awesome. Okay. So then what would be the opposite? I'm assuming the exhalation will be elongated if you want to promote relaxation in terms of a breathwork sequence. Exactly. Yeah. So there's several, um, several different types of techniques. Like if you Google relaxation breathwork technique, mm -hmm. um, but one of the most common ones that is mentioned is called the four, seven, eight breath. Mm -hmm. And that breath is inhaling for a count of four holding your breath for seven, and then exhaling for a count of eight. Mm. So the most important thing here um, is that the exhalation is twice as long as the inhalation. Gotcha. Okay. So every breath, remember, we're modulating back and forth between sympathetic and parasympathetic. And it's impossible for us to only inhale for two minutes or to only exhale for two minutes. Right. So 
the trick is to tell your body, which one should I be turning on more? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's the one that you want to have um, in a longer ratio than the other. So if we want relaxation, usually having the exhale twice as long as the inhale is what's generally recommended. Mm -hmm. But you can also play with that. Okay. Um, Yeah. That's awesome. Good to know. Um, So then knowing all of this in terms of how it impacts the nervous system, um, my brain is, is going towards, you know, my subject of aging, what we can do to slow down the effects of aging, not just aesthetically, you know, for like aesthetic purposes, but also for the purpose of elongating our strength, promoting our health, living in a way where we have vitality as we get older in our age. So being able to control breath work, um, to me, sounds like a great way to kind of slow down the effects of aging. Would you say that that's quite accurate in the work that you're seeing in terms of this subject? Yeah, you know, I believe so. Um, And I'm really excited to have this question. It's never been a question that's actually been directed to me. So it gave me some really nice, um, nice things to chew on uh, Mm -hmm. to bring to your audience. And there's a couple of things that come up for me. So in ancient yogic texts, it's actually believed that we have a finite amount of breath available to us. Mm -hmm. And so when you think about this concept from a more spiritual perspective, if I'm only given 500,000 breaths for my entire life, and once I take that 500,000th breath, that is the end of my life. If I learn to slow my breath down, I get more time out of that breath, right? Yes. And in some ways, um, you know, the ancient yogis were onto something because one of the things that we know that ages us faster than not is being under high stress or I'm going to throw a new term in high inflammation all of the time. Yes. And if we go back to how the breath works with the nervous system, if we're high stress, we tend to breathe faster. And that Mm -hmm. serves us really well in certain situations. If I'm about to run a race and I'm trying to break a world record, I want to be excited. I want to be under stress. Right. But I don't want to be excited and under stressed every moment of my day. Right. So if we can learn to slow our breath down, we can start to hack into our brain and we can start to turn off a lot of the chronic stress states that we live in um, naturally in this world that we've created for ourselves right now. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's definitely one way. Um, The other um, thing that I'd like to offer is just this uh, connection with inflammation Mm-hmm. And also um, what oxygen means and what carbon dioxide means for um, healthy cell cellular function. Mm-hmm. So we've probably all heard the word inflammation um, in the last several years. A lot of uh, diseases are tied to um, inflamed states in our body. 
And inflammation is not bad. This is also something I want to bring up. Inflammation is our body's natural response for um, killing pathogens, for um, repairing muscles when we've had a hard workout. Um, it helps our body heal. Mm -hmm. But similar to stress, what's not healthy for us is when we're in a constant state of inflammation, when our body never gets time to rest. Mm -hmm. And there are um, several studies on breath and its connection with controlling inflammation, but this is where the Wim Hof method breathwork tends to get really interesting in particular, because we do have a couple of studies um, on the Wim Hof breathing technique mm -hmm. um, that have very explicitly shown that the Wim Hof breathing technique can help people decrease inflammation, mm. which is really, really, really powerful. Um, so that is also one of the ways in which we can keep our body, um, let's say, agile and youthful mm -hmm. is by um, teaching our body how to, when we're in a high stress state, to ignite our body's inflammation response, but how to turn it off when it's no longer needed. And that's the key. How do we turn it off when we don't need to be in that state anymore? Um, and then lastly, the last thing that I mentioned is that our cells and our cellular function is highly dependent on oxygen and oxygen delivery in our, our cells. Um, but one of the false beliefs is that just because you're breathing in, and even if you breathe in more, it doesn't actually mean that the oxygen is getting delivered to your cells. Mm. Oxygen can only be delivered to your cells if your body also has carbon dioxide floating around in your blood. And this gets a little technical, so I won't go into it too much. Um, but everyone talks about oxygen and people forget that carbon dioxide is a really, really, really important part of um, how our body processes uh, oxygen in our body and brings it into the cells. Right. And if oxygen delivery isn't actually happening into our cells, our cells aren't going to be functionally functioning optimally. They're not going to be able to remove waste in the ways that they need to be removing waste. Um, and one of the other things that we know ages us is not having optimal function on a cellular level. Thank you so much for that explanation. Um, it gives us a lot of perspective in terms of how... <laughs> obviously we breathe, but also how we want to, on a day-to-day, -day, like encounter the stressors that are around us, right? Um, because we can't, you know, like we can't control or, or we can't prevent stress. Stress happens, stress is all around us, but what we can control, as you mentioned, is our breath and how we manage the stress that we deal with on a day-to-day -day basis. And to me, based on this conversation, it's like breath is so attainable, so accessible. It is right there. It's one of the easiest things that we can do to really help us manage that. Um, and in a quick way too, it's so fast. When you and I did that four round breathing, how much it like changed my body temperature, you know, the sensations in my head and in my body it was pretty incredible. Yeah, absolutely. And just to add on to that and going back to the ice bath um, analogy, you know, in, in my um, Wim Hof master module when I was getting certified, one of the phrases that we threw out a lot was that in life, ice baths are everywhere. 
So an ice bath can be a really great metaphor for daily stressors. Um, and what's cool about intentionally practicing ice baths is when done in a certain environment in a certain way, they're incredibly safe, even though mm -hmm. your body registers it as very high stress. So it's a very safe, stressful container to learn how to start to control your breath in stressful situations. So the more you practice it, the more it starts to extend in your everyday life where you get high stress, you recognize the signs of it a lot quicker because you've, you've seen it in the ice bath every time you step in and your breath's not gonna change a crappy situation. Right. right. It's not going to change if your boss is about to say that you're fired. But what it can do is it at least gives you enough control to have um, better control over the reaction that you continue to step into that situation with. And that's really where uh, the beauty of learning how to, to develop relationship with your breath comes in. Mm, so it's like the ice bath is like a metaphor for everything, every other challenge that you might come across in your life. Exactly. Love it. So tell us about your work that you do um, with breath work and then plant medicine, because that's like another layer or dimension to this. Yeah, so um, I work for Microdosing Institute, which is a Dutch um, education and research um, company focused on microdosing. And for those who may not be familiar with microdosing, um, it is taking very tiny amounts of psychedelic substances. Um, you don't get those traditional psychedelic experiences, so you won't see visual distortions, um, you won't lose your grip on reality. But what microdosing oftentimes offers people is that it increases their level of awareness of their surroundings. Um, it almost can slow time down a little bit so that you have a little bit longer of a time to choose your reaction. It helps you become a little bit more aware of your patterns and how you walk into the world on a day-to-day, -day, um, uh, yeah, just on your day-to-day -day life. And um, what's really cool about when we get into the wellness space is that I often don't think like a singular modality is ever the only answer. Oftentimes our healing can be a lot more affected, um, effective and can be more relevant to our own specific needs when we're open to combining modalities. So microdosing on its own can be really powerful, but breathwork on its own can be really powerful too. The combination of the two for me and for a lot of my clients um, is even sometimes more than doubly powerful than uh, the two practices separately. And one of the things that I like about this combination, um, I mentioned that microdosing oftentimes gives people an increased sense of awareness, right? So if you're more aware of your environment, it becomes easier for you to know what channel you're on so that you can better determine what channel you want to change to. So if we go back to that using your breath as the remote control analogy, um, breath works great, but if you're not aware of what's going on in your environment, 
then you don't actually know what input you need to put in to get the output that you desire. So if you have more of an understanding of where the current input is, you're better able um, to walk that path to your desired output much more quickly. Does that make sense? Yes, it, it does. It kind of like gives you another like vehicle of understanding or like another road to understanding is, is that, that's how I'm interpreting it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And then, you know, the, the science is still loose around microdosing, but yes. one of the things that we um, strongly believe and hypothesize in the industry is that microdosing can also help you re uh, rewire your brain's um, patterns and neural networks. <gasps> yes. And that's like literally physically, you know, giving you another pathway of understanding, isn't it? Okay. Absolutely. <laughs> and what's so cool about including breath work in microdosing then is that once we understand these principles of breath, if I really want to have more of something in my life, I can choose a breathwork pattern that supports that. Yeah. So if I microdose and then choose a breathwork pattern that feeds my body, that feeds my brain more of the type of state I want to be in, mm -hmm. I can get there faster because the microdose is helping my brain rewrite these patterns. And then my breath is giving it more direction. It's almost like giving food to the microdose. Yeah. I'm just directing your brain. I'm just also taking some notes here because it's giving me like another way of understanding how microdosing can really be so beneficial to so many people who might be um, just like needing another perspective or like another another way of attuning and understanding certain, you know, emotions or triggers or blocks that they haven't really gotten clarity on in their lives. And there's so many of us who are there, you know, who, who are just looking for another, another way of getting to the other side, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, the combination of breathwork and microdosing can be really powerful um, in those types of situations, especially. Yeah. Um, so tell us about this workshop or a few workshops that you're working on. Um, because I feel like there might be some audience members who could benefit from this. So yeah, tell us all the, all the work that you're doing. Yeah. So um it changes all of the time. Um, I feel like I've been a mad woman lately on the <laughs> of, um, workshops that have been popping up for me. Um, but um, I live in my van full time. So one of the things that living in my van full time allows me to do uh, is it allows me to very easily travel around the country offering Wim Hof workshops. So um, I'll be planning some on the West Coast uh, later this summer and into the fall. Um, those are always updated and available on my um, Instagram accounts. But the other workshops that I've been offering, actually, I just did my first one uh, last weekend. Mm -hmm. And it was a breathwork and microdosing workshop. And it was, uh, we dove even deeper into the topic. Um, 
it was a lot of really practical examples of if your microdosing intention is this, here are specific breathwork techniques to support that. Or if you run into a roadblock, this type of roadblock while microdosing, here are breathwork techniques to support that. Mm. Um, so a replay is available. Um, it's available on the Microdosing Institute webpage for those who might be interested. Um, but then I also have another one um, coming up with a group called Our Breath Collective. Mm -hmm. um, they're a really wonderful organization that has uh, a really phenomenal and well-structured uh, monthly membership for breathing. I'm not affiliated with them, but I love what they do. Um, but I am also offering a microdosing and breathwork workshop for them next month. And that one will be more geared towards um, using microdosing to deepen your breathwork journey, whereas the other workshop was a little bit the other way around, using breathwork to deepen your microdosing journey. Nice. So you can get it both ways. You can get, yeah, exactly. you know, one to deepen your breathwork journey and one to deepen your plant medicine journey. Um, so you you mentioned this, this company. Um, I apologize. I am not good with names, but the one you're not affiliated with. Um, yes. So I'm going to make sure to include all of that in the notes section of the podcast episode. So that way you guys can refer to that. Um, if someone wants to get into, let's just say breath work, um, what's a simple, what's like one simple thing that they can do to start incorporating this into their daily practice? Yeah. I mean, my biggest recommendation, um, for anything is to start with why, why are you wanting to, uh, start a breathwork practice? What about it, um, is really calling you in that moment. Mm -hmm. And from there, um, you know, the best thing about Google and the best thing about breathwork is that, um, there's so many different, very simple techniques available to you. So if you're curious about breathwork because you just think it might be good to help you de-stress, then just a little simple Google, you know, breathwork for de-stressing, you'll get, you know, dozens of breathwork techniques. Just pick the one that resonates with you most and start doing it every single day. Um, first thing when you wake up in the morning, right before you go to bed, don't overthink it. Um, the really beautiful thing about, about breathwork is you don't have to do an exorbitant amount of it to get the benefits. Mm -hmm. So unlike when we think about, you know, if we want to grow muscles, we need to be in the gym for at least an hour a day and we need to be lifting heavier and heavier. Breathwork is the exact opposite. Mm -hmm. Little, little, little practices on a regular basis will have a really big payoff on helping you develop a relationship to your breath. So, um, yeah, to summarize that, just understand what your why is and then don't overcomplicate it. Find a singular technique that supports that why and just start playing with it every day. And then from there, once you start to get comfortable with that, then maybe you can start to expand. Maybe you add in a second breathwork technique. Um, maybe you wanna explore a breathwork technique for a totally different intention. And then you can really start to have a lot more fun with it as well. Mm-hmm, like incorporating the ice bath, maybe. <laughs> I'm a huge proponent of that. <laughs> I actually tried, um, I, I didn't quite get to the ice bath yet, but I have been jumping into a cold shower lately. And that to me was a challenge because I hate 
the cold. So I really wanted to exercise my bravery and discipline to see how long I could stay in the cold shower. And honestly, the feeling that I got afterwards was number one, go me, so proud of myself for doing it. And number two, I actually did feel a burst of energy afterwards and I felt warm. I didn't feel cold. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the, there's definitely dangerous ways to practice breath work. Um, so it does require a little bit of educating yourself on how to, or not breath work, cold exposure, I'm sorry, but Mm -hmm. it does require um, a little bit of education um, to make sure that you're practicing it in a safe way. But for the most part, with a few cautions, um, it is very safe for people to start practicing, especially with just a quick cold blast after your warm shower. Mm -hmm. And the effects similar to that um, breathwork exercise I shared earlier, the effects are immediate for most people. Of course, there are different long-term effects that you get from practicing it regularly, um, but those short-term effects are absolute immediate, and most people end up feeling more energized, happier, um, and strangely enough, warmer. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and thank you for bringing that up. Definitely, if you're going to try the cold plunge or the Wim Hof method, like have someone there that you've consulted with, that you work with, who you trust, Um, just so that you can, you know, you can feel confident about the experience and that makes it more enjoyable as well. Um, yes. So Brittany, is there anything that you want to make sure to leave us with here today that we might not have gotten to? Yeah, I think the biggest thing, um, for me, when it comes to the breath, There's so many different packaged techniques out there, um, so many different names for very similar ways to utilize the breath. Um, But the way that is going to be most effective for you is going to be very unique and personal to yourself. Um, And that's just by the very nature of what our breath is. Um, So my biggest piece of advice for people who are looking to start a breathwork practice, um, who get maybe overwhelmed by the amount of information and different techniques and practices available, is to just have fun with it. Play with your breath, literally set a timer for three to five minutes and just play with your breath and see how you feel. See how you feel if you take an inhale that's twice as long as an exhale. See how you feel if you breathe through your mouth versus your nose. See how you feel if you breathe into your belly or your chest. Just play with it and then take note Mm. and then adjust your journey from there. And that's going to give, I think, for most people, the biggest understanding and the quickest way to develop a relationship with their own breath. Mm, That's beautiful. You also inspired me to kind of pay attention to my breath whenever I'm feeling certain emotions too. Like if, if I notice myself feeling fear, like how do I breathe then? Or if I'm noticing myself feeling triggered, how do I breathe then? Because then I'll be able to kind of make more conscious and informed decisions on what I want to do next. If I know what's actually going on, as opposed to getting back on that, like auto train of how I respond even though I don't want to respond that way. Does that make sense? Absolutely. (laughs) Again, um, 
you know, we tend to think of things like stress and inflammation and even fear. Um, some of these things that you mentioned as bad things, but if you really are being chased by a tiger, your breath is going to respond in such a way to prepare your body to be able to sprint and run from that tiger. Um, so knowing that your breath is sending you those signals, but being able to choose to give into it is also really powerful, but also being able to step back and say, you know what, my breath is telling me I'm being chased by a tiger, but actually it's just my boss behind me. (laughs) You can then make a different decision. (laughs) Yes. Power of breath guys. So Brittany, how can people connect or work with you? Um, the best way is honestly, Instagram. Um, I have a website in the works, um, but all of my events and workshops, they're always updated on my Instagram bio. Um, I always share there first when I have new ones dropping. Um, and people can find me on Instagram under the handle breathwork caravan. Yes. Van life, right? Yeah. Yeah, got it. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for joining me today, Brittany. I learned a ton from you. And also you helped reinforce a lot of the things that I already knew, but just added way more color to it. So thank you. Um, I'll make sure to include all of Brittany's info in the show notes so that you all can connect with her easily. Other than that, thank you everyone for tuning in. Have a blessed rest of the week and I will see you back here next time on the Conscious Beauty Podcast. Take care. Hey, did you like this episode? Then like, share, and subscribe so that more people can find out about the Conscious Beauty Podcast. If you want more content like this, then follow me on Instagram. I'm at Mary Vallarta. You can also watch the videos that I have on my YouTube channel and visit my website at maryvallarta.com. Thanks so much.